Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast. I do believe this is episode 15. Today, on today's show, we got some Blues talk. They advanced in the first round of the playoffs. We'll break down that series and their upcoming matchup with a wagon in the Colorado Avalanche. Then we got some NBA talk. We got two Game 7s going on today, one going on right now. Then we'll move on to some NFL because the schedule was released for next year. And then we'll finish with some Cardinals talk because they had another week of baseball and with segments. So uh, let's get into it. So welcome back to the show. Uh, start off here with hockey talk. Unless we got anything to say. Now show 15, 15 weeks in. It's May what is today's date? May 15th? I do believe. Wow. How about that? Show 15 on the 15th. Yep. On 5-15. Golden, golden show day. True. Uh, but yeah. Um, I'm Luke. Co-host is Cam. Cam. And uh, yeah. Let's get into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, like uh, Luke just said in the intro, game seven, Bucks. And Celtics going on right now, currently 68-55, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Our beloved St. Louis Blues have advanced to the second round, just like we asked for a couple weeks yep. ago, was that they just ad- just if they can advance to the second round, then we will be happy. It'll be a good season. Because now they're lined up with an absolute powerhouse in the West, the Colorado Avalanche, and more importantly, lined up against the Kroenke family once again, St. Louis versus the Kroenkes. Not great. Um, like I said a couple weeks ago, I the seeding is super weird. Like The Blues had to play the two seed, and now they get thrown the Avalanche. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't know how I feel about they were that. The, but, they were the three seed, actually, I do believe. I thought. I think the Blues were the three seed. Oh, really? Yeah, and then the Wild were the two seed. So, they have, yeah. like, the second best record in the conference. Yeah, I think that's that's what it was. But, yeah, so we got what we wished for, Luke. Uh, we asked to advance the second round, and here we are. But we're probably going to get shit pumped in yeah. the second round. Even though, even though, though, we do have Bortuzzo back, and uh, Letty is also back. Yeah, we're healthy. Yeah. And you never know. That's why they play the games, right? Yeah. And we've had, you know, some decent time off. The Avalanche have had even more time off. That's almost worse when you have yeah. like a week plus off because then you get off your game. Yeah, I feel like anyway. You and mean, might not. The Blues haven't had as much time off as mm-hmm. them. It's like the perfect amount. So was that Thursday that they advanced? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think they're going to play on Tuesday. So that would be four days off. Yeah, that's pretty good. The Avalanche would get seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean they absolutely destroyed the Predators, and they just took care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that series is you know game one and two going to start in Colorado and Denver, and uh, the Avalanche, like we've Rock said, they've just been really good this year. But we've also seen them be really good the past couple years, like one seed material too, and they've flopped in the playoffs so usually in the second round too last year they lost in the second round the year before it was a fake year because of covid uh but i i'm not exactly sure where they lost but it wasn't 
it was before the conference finals, so tend to lose early. Yeah. So that's one thing that the Blues do have on them is that the Avalanche have just been choking in the second earlier round. So I don't think it's going to matter, though. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Blues win a game. I think I think they'll get either game three or four at home. I think they'll sneak one out, um, stay alive in the series. Maybe game three they'll probably get one, like make it two to one, stay alive, and then Avalanche win the last two. I, I don't see this going to be – Pretty very competitive series. Yeah, I think this could be a gentleman's sweep. Uh, so, I mean, my dad was talking to me about it, and he was saying that the stats actually line up with like the Blues and Avalanche. Like when they play each other, their stats are very similar against each other. So it could be a good series, but the Avalanche are just a wagon. They have easily the best defenseman in the league in Kale McCarr. They have maybe the best first line in the league with Landeskog. Uh, Nathan McKinnon and uh, what's his face? Can't think of it. Rantanen, Miko Rantanen. They are they're just they're star studded. They got a good goalie too. They signed him in the off season, but we got Bennington. Mm-hmm. He's back. <laughs> I think that's the big story of the Blues, is that I think we're riding with Bennington the rest of the way now. He seems to be back in that those last four game, last three games against the Wild. He went three and zero. You can't ask more than that. So yeah, he also broke the franchise record for most postseason wins as a goalie. So yeah. pretty cool stat there. The record was seventeen, and he literally got sixteen in one season. So didn't have too far to go. Yeah, to break the record. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this is the same playoff Bennington from the title run. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. We we would have a chance in that series against the Avalanche because. It, you, if your goaltender's on, you're always going to be have a fighting chance. Fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And uh, some other stuff. There was a lot going on in the NHL yesterday. Three game sevens. The Lightning advanced. Uh, the Oilers advanced, right? And the Hurricanes also advanced against the Bruins. Uh, Oilers beat the Kings. And the Lightning beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's yeah. one team down from Canada. So well, you said that you wanted an all Canada matchup in the in the Stanley Cup finals. They were the only Canada team on the eastern side of things. So they're done. You still have Calgary, which they play a game seven today. Mm-hmm. And Penguins also play a game seven today yeah. against the Rangers. And then the Oilers do advance though. So potentially a Calgary Oilers matchup. Oilers really just survived in advance that. The Kings were up 3-2 in that series. And I was thinking, here we go again. Oilers losing in the first round. You know, McDavid can't win. But in that game seven, he stepped up. He got an assist and a goal. They won 2 nothing. Their goalie stepped up, obviously, too, with a shutout there. But yeah, very cool to see them advance because they haven't had a lot of playoff success, but they have a really talented team. So it's cool to see them advance. Also, yeah. the Leafs impeccable feat that they had. They become the first team in MLB across the MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA to lose five consecutive winner go home or yes, lose five consecutive winner go home games. Which has been game sevens for them. I mean you just gotta feel for those fans. They're probably just they just it's just like a an annual bullet wound that they have to take. And uh, there's really no way around it for them. 
I mean, so their team is so good. They got Austin Matthews, one of the best players in the league. They got John Tavares. He came home a few years ago. They, it's just, it's sad. I was watching the game six, and that was an overtime. And I was like, whoever scores the next goal in this game will win the series because if it goes to a game seven, it's just too much pressure for them, knowing they have that weight on their back, knowing they've lost four straight to come back, you know. It, it would just be too much. And then, obviously, if the Maple Leafs would have scored first, then they would have, you know, clinched the series and won right then and there. But Lightning win, Braden Point gets the goal, and then they go on to win. Game yeah. Seven, two to one. Close game. Yeah. And right now, the three P is still intact for the Lightning. Um, yeah. Can Lightning strike three times? That would be a storm. Yeah. You know, Which you get makes one, sense since they are the lightning. Yeah, you get one lightning strike, I think. You get one lightning strike, it's like, okay. You know, it's just a little little bit of a energy thing. You get two, it's like, all right, it's raining a little bit, you know. We're kind of getting there. But when the lightning strikes a third time, that's a storm. That's a dynasty. Yes, it is. That is a dynasty. And is Pat Maroon still on the lightning? Yeah, he is. He could go... F- win four straight that yep. would be that has to be some sort of record if he goes out and wins four straight yeah i'm not sure but they were talking about it during the broadcast the other night it's like a one one with the blues and and then boom two straight with the lightning so that's pretty damn lucky yeah to be a part of those teams you want a cup go out and get pat maroon yeah that's <laughs> incredible that even he won three in a row but if he wins four that would just be ridiculous yeah, uh, who did that in the NFL for a little bit? Was it Chris Long? He maybe because he won one with the Eagles and, and then, then the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, there's somebody else too recently that did that, and somebody did that in the NBA too. Like just a four in a row. I don't know if it was four in a row, but it was just a guy who had been to the finals. Like Danny Green did it in the NBA. That's who you're thinking of. I think. Maybe some guy was just, who went to the finals just over and over and over. It was like five or six years or something like that. James Jones, because he, yeah, I think it was him because he played with LeBron yep. and then he played, uh, got about two minutes per game. <laughs> and he got like what three rings, yeah. So he was taken in the same draft as LeBron, too, and he just played with them throughout his career. He even went to Miami with them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's where he got some of them, too. Yeah. I'm pretty, didn't he get drafted by the Cavs? I'm looking this up. I couldn't I, tell I, you. I'm intrigued by this. I couldn't tell you. Because I, I could have swore that they were in the same draft, I'm pretty sure. So, Oh, he was drafted by the Pacers. In the second round of the same draft LeBron was drafted in. So I guess kind of. But he did win all his titles with LeBron. Yeah. All right. Well, hockey still heating up. Ways to go. Hopefully next time this week or next week at this time, Blues will have a lead in the series or at yeah. least still be in the series. True. Um, a quick note. We didn't mention this at the top of the show, but Preakness for the Preakness. Rich Strike will not be competing in the Preakness uh, due to a need for rest. Um, this means no shot for Rich Strike in terms of a, a triple crown, and this also means no Rich Strike cannibalistic attacks after the race. <laughs> um, it also means that 
as Luke mentioned, I think a week ago, he has the opportunity to just ride off into the sunset with just, oh yeah, the Kentucky Derby champion of an eighty to one odds. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they're doing if they're doing it like intentionally. Yeah, like forever rest. They might just kill him because that's respect. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) It would be respectable to just be like, yeah, he's gonna rest the rest of his life. He's never gonna race again. That would be. So respectable. If he actually is just resting, then that's really a weak move. But if if he's just riding off in the sunset with this win, that's pretty cool. Yes, so yeah. Um, it does kind of suck though because I like it makes it it makes those it makes you actually want to watch those races besides just the Kentucky Derby. If a guy has a shot at a triple crown or a horse has a shot at a triple crown, uh We've seen a couple over the years, but I think it was something Pharaoh. American Pharaoh? I don't know if it was American. I can't remember. But, uh, mm. yeah, the Pharaoh. It was like a Justify or something, too. Yeah, some shit Justice. like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I guess real quick we'll talk about the Cardinals, too. Um, their offense has been pretty lackluster of late. Sorry. I got to experience it firsthand Friday night. The seven fifteen game uh, against the Giants, really about seven twenty start because we get there. Was that a Jordan Hicks bump day? Yeah, Jordan Hicks bump day. Get there, game's about to start, and uh, the Umps walk out onto the mound to inspect Mister Hicks's glove. And from the stands, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, they're definitely just checking his glove to see, you know, if he has an illegal substance in there." But it turns out the glove collar was too close matching to the color of his jersey, his game-worn jersey, and they made him switch gloves. Um, He actually had a pretty solid start, but TJ McFarlane in the eighth really blew it open, and uh, the Giants won eight to two. Yeah. Well, that that glove collar thing, that was weird because it wasn't white. It was gray. Yeah, it was like a beige kind of color. Yeah. And he's been using that glove the entire year. So why the umps for this game took exception to it, I have no idea. Seems kind of petty to me. And that also, that brings up a point. We were talking about the unwatchability of baseball and how to fix it. How about you quit making it an ump show every every <laughs> game, it seems like. There's something that goes on, whether it's, you know, Angel Hernandez doing his thing or, you know, the umps creating some, even though it is a rule, but unless the Giants – or Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, would be like complaining about it. Hey, that glove is too close to his jersey color. Then the umps go out there and change it. That would be understandable because that's enacting the rule. But if they're just being petty about it, that's an ump show move. And that's not good for the game at all. <laughs> so, Yeah, I know I agree. I feel That's a great point. If the Giants say something, then everybody's going to be like, okay, that's whatever. You know, they're just doing their job then. But – coming right out of the gate and then inspecting the glove and a little delay. It was weird. It was funny being in the, the booze from the crowd was so funny. And then when they finally gave him a glove that worked and the first pitch happened, big roar from the crowd. So love sports fan sarcasm that takes place in the crowds always. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but yeah, Cardinals lackluster offense. They did win yesterday, four to nothing, and I'm pretty sure they're Sunday night baseball tonight. Yep, they are. So, it is raining right now, though. So hopefully they do get the game in. Yeah, it appears that they will. Actually, the sun's out right now. 
So yeah, it's it out, was raining out enough. here, but the there storm probably, has yeah. been traveling all day long. So it should be good for Sunday night baseball, though. Might be a little delay. Hopefully not. Hopefully they get everything in fine. But Wainwright is back tonight as well after uh, catching the Rona. Mm-hmm. So glad to see he's back. You know that means Molino will probably get the start because they're trying to catch that record. You know they got the chemistry going, which is cool. Molina's actually looked a lot better. I know I hate on him a lot. Yeah, I say he's not that good, but he has looked better. Really, especially defensively, he's been really, really good. Yeah, he had a sick play yesterday where he just threw out the runner, like kind of like picked up on their signs or whatever, and yeah. just threw him out. He and it was like a funny throw out on the base pass because the guy had no chance. Yeah, no shot. So Molina basically called a mid pitch pitch out. He like he just stood up and Hudson threw it out like in the other's batter's box and Molina just gunned him. Yeah, wasn't even close. So that was pretty cool. But he when he actually tries to play defense, he's really good. Like that's the biggest problem. Like when he's just like sitting on his butt basically behind the plate trying to catch balls and then you throw one in the dirt and he just like throws his glove at it. Yeah, that sucks defensively. When he actually tries, he he can still throw out runners at a really good rate. Like he's one of the best in the game at doing that still. And when he I mean, he he, he knows how to call a game and his framing's really good, so all those aspects really good. And yeah. he's got his bat has heated up a little bit. It's still yeah. not that. He, it's not he it's not that he not that he's heated up. He's just kind of getting into a little bit more of a rhythm. To he's where not he's, sucking anymore. Yeah, getting some more hits, contributing a little bit more. So, so that's all he needs to do. Just be a semi, just be somewhat of a threat in the lineup, I guess. Don't be like Paul DeYoung. It just, you just don't, you can't have him being a pushover because then you have to start Kisner. You know, when he becomes a pushover at the plate, you know, then you just really can't throw him out there too often, which is a shame because it's his last year. So, yeah, but there there is a time when you have to stop, but hopefully he does go out in a good fashion. Albert Pujols, we fought for a second, a hot minute. Maybe he'd get the 21 home runs, but uh, that's gone. No, I never for a second thought he could. Well, in the first they two don't weeks, play him enough. when he had two home runs in the first two weeks, I was like, well, He's actually got a chance at this, but not not anymore. He, no, you, he's gone a month without a home run. You as soon as I heard that. that they were like, oh, they're going to mostly just play him when lefties pitch, right? And uh, that's pretty much it. You know, DH and when lefties pitch or when Goldie needs a day off. Well, thank God Goldie doesn't take too many days off because he's <laughs> awesome and pulls is meh. But uh, Pools is not that good defensively anymore. No, not all. even. No, oh my gosh, compared to Paul, no, not even close. Compared to when you compare him to Paul, then that's yeah, yeah, night so, and day difference. Thank God Paul still has a pulse, and unlike Pools, some days. So yeah, I think the saddest part about the Cardinals this week is that they dropped a home stand set to the Baltimore Orioles. Oh my gosh, that was brutal. I mean, they got one. the The game that they did win, I mean, it was a blowout, like like it should have been mm-hmm. the whole series. And uh, the games that they did lose, I mean, to the freaking Orioles, man, you just can't have that happen. It wasn't even to like their their good starters either. Like Stephen Matz pitched a gem on Wednesday yeah, afternoon, no Thursday afternoon, and yeah, no offense. I yeah. Some well, you could have 
you that was kind of your fault too at the same time though. No, it wasn't. In class, you're like, oh, Steven Matz has this guy out. He only bats like 120. Oh, yeah. And then he the was guy through, hit a moonshot. He was through six and two-thirds scoreless innings. I, I wasn't watching the game. I was just checking the stats. And the guy who was batting, he had a 122 batting average and no home runs on the year. And so I was like, oh, look at that. Steven Matz threw seven innings of one-run baseball. And then a couple seconds later, boom, that guy hits a home run. So – that's on me. I apologize. Formal apology to Stephen Matz for that. That that's on me, not on you. That's me. So count that towards my ERA. But we still lost to the Orioles. So yeah. But <laughs> just sad. Yeah, it was. Um, hopefully, a better week starting tonight. Sunday is always the technical mm-hmm. calendar start of a new week. So, well, also I have noticed that this year, whenever I watch the games. We play really good. Like, we haven't won every single game that I've watched. But usually the games that we just lose really bad to, I don't watch. Those are the games I don't watch. So when I, whenever I watch a team, they look really good. That's why I'm not really hating on them that much yet because I don't watch them when they're bad, which is weird because usually when I watch them, they lose. So in years past, but not this year. So maybe I should just start watching the games more often. Oh, my God. That was a weak call. Um. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, blowing out the Bucks, defending champions might. Are they dead? I hope not. I hope they got something left in them here. But uh, yeah, Cardinals definitely just need to get the offense going. That's kind of what I've got to say about. Oh, that. Oh, they did send down Paul DeYoung though. Yeah, since really last week, a goodbye candidate Paul DeYoung. Yeah, <laughs> probably will never hear from him again because he will. He's not. He's not going to succeed in the minor leagues because he's not that good of a player anymore. Which is sad, because I don't. I, I know I hate him, but I don't really hate him. Hate him as a player, but you don't hate him as a person. Yeah, you, you hate to see a guy's career end in as such a sad fashion. Yeah, I but, mean, he was a all star. Was it two years ago? No, it was more than that. Really? Yeah, it's got to be at least three, if not four, but. <laughs> just a sad scene to see what he's doing. But at the same time, as a fan, this is really frustrating because the entire offseason, the fans were saying, inclu- me included, go get a shortstop. It's one of the best shortstop free agents classes ever. You know, you had Trevor Story. You had Corey Seager. You had Carlos Correa, just to name a few, right? Those were some of the bigger names. We weren't going to go after the Corey Seager or the Carlos Correa, you know, the bigger names, but Trevor Story – very viable option. And the organization's like, no, we're rolling with Paul DeYoung. Well, here we are in early May, and he's now in the minor leagues. Not injury-related, just clearly because he sucks at baseball. So at the same time, it's like, we, we told you so. Like, let the, let the fans manage, manage the team, you know? We also, all last year, the second half, call up Juan Yepes. Call up Juan Yepes. Now he's up in the big leagues, and he's dominating. He's already got two home runs. What did he have a – he started off his first seven games, he had a hit in all of them. Eight. First tied eight for games. Huh? First eight games. Eight games? Yeah. So, yeah, that's second. The only person who has a longer hitting streak when they first come up is Magnier Sierra, <laughs> Cardinals legend. So he's got the second longest hitting streak when he comes up from the minors. Yeah. No, it's a nice addition. Right I now, would say this, old boy, uh, uh, about Donovan – 
Brendan Donovan, the oh, he's been nice. shortstop. He's really smooth in the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know, you know, if they uh, pull up Gorman at some point or when they move. I've heard some rumors that they might – or murmurs that they might move Edmund to short for the rest of the season at some point. I will just say this. Donovan has done a nice job filling in for the short time period that he's had to. He's been smooth on defense, and he's actually provided a little bit of offense. Yeah. He's been batting 8-9, and and he's actually – he's not the power hitter that, you know, the common – that the game nowadays sees, but he's a good contact hitter. He's got some good clutch hits for us. Um. He's, yeah, he's been solid. I, I, I've been impressed with him. Uh, but people are saying about the moving Tommy Edmund to shortstop and calling up Gorman. Why can't we just call up Gorman to be a DH so we don't have to watch Albert Pools and Corey Dickerson switch off every day and bat over? Well, that, that's where Yupez has been at, though, too. He's been playing the outfield a lot. He, well, he was DH in the other day when I was there. So well, I don't know if they want to just keep have that spot open just for him. True. Wow. Well, if he keeps hitting like he is, then I think he's got a spot. So, Yeah. He's hitting like Mike Trout right now. Some other baseball news. The Angels are good. They're actually a good team. Um, the Reds are not. We'll talk about that a little later, though. <laughs> uh, the Phillies are currently winning a series against the Dodgers. Dodgers have Drop some really weird series here. They lost to the Pirates last week, but they're still really good. They're still a really good team. So we'll see where that goes. It's early May. We already got some trade rumors heating up. Obviously, the Xander Bogarts talk potentially trading the Boston Red Sox, trading him to the Cardinals at the deadline. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think the possibility of Bogart's becoming a Cardinal is more believable after this season. <laughs> a big free agent going to the Cardinals. Right? I, more, I think that's more likely to happen that Bogart's would sign with the Cardinals or join the Cardinals next year compared to trading for him this year at the deadline. That's just me. Yeah, I, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, it's still two months away, so we got a lot of baseball. Upcoming this week, though, we got the Mets. I'm excited because, obviously, the last time we played the Mets, we had that big uh, – the fiasco, we'll call it, <laughs> I guess, on the field. So, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. I think Arenado probably gets booed in his first at-bat because it's in New York. It's at City Field. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun series. And then after, after that, I uh, – I don't actually know who we have. It's a bad team, though. I know that. It's a team with a losing record, so. Yeah. But, yeah, the Mets series is going to be fun this week. That's that's all I got to say. All right. Excited for it. Well, uh, we'll jump into some NBA right now. Celtics, since we started the show, uh, they're now up 21, 94-73 with six minutes left in the fourth, so they're probably going to advance. To the uh, to the conference uh, finals, Eastern Conference Finals. To play haven't been the there. Miami Heat, baby. I got the yeah, They haven't been there since they had to play LeBron in 2018. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, some other stuff that's happened. Warriors closed out their series after getting clobbered in Game 5 by a, a lot. 
Uh, so much so, like, like the Grizzlies were playing their bench, you know, the whole fourth quarter pretty much and still scored like 133 or 134. So, but the Grizzlies really didn't stand a chance after Jaw got hurt and because they just have no pure shot creators like Jaw on that roster. And uh, it showed during the fourth quarter during game six when they really needed some big shots and they just didn't have it. And, uh, Clay Thompson, game six. Game six, Clay didn't help the Grizzlies at all as he went nuclear and led the Warriors to a series victory in six games. And then uh, the Heat also closed out their series earlier that day with the Sixers in six games as well. Heat are really damn good. Harden is not damn good anymore, and uh, he has a – extremely hefty contract coming up next year he's due like 40 something million next year um and both Embiid and Butler after the game said some things along the lines of we miss playing on the same team so that's pretty rough for um interesting, yeah. and um but yeah I'm Tobias mean, Harris over me what Tobias Harris over me that's what Jimmy Butler was saying when he was walking in the locker room oh um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's true. They they did, but because they had to pay one of them, they couldn't pay both of them though, and they chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, and yeah. they chose. I to mean, trade him to the. I don't people. fault them for that. Ultimately, just for the fact that they were able to kind of bring in some more pieces, and they'll probably be able to uh, pay Maxi in the future and stuff like that. So true, but. Honestly, if Tyrese Maxey gets as much better as he did this year compared to his last season next year, I oh, mean, he's going to be a star. There, it, it, yeah. There's not going to be a whole lot anybody's going to be able to do to stop them. So, Reloading the process, I think. Yeah. You got they got to get rid of James Harden, though, because you probably saw his contract. Well, for he, next year. it's up to him, really. Was he making $37 million? Why would he not take that? Well, next year he's has the opportunity to make forty plus. Oh, yeah. So uh, oh. why wouldn't he accept it? And uh, yeah, he was horrible, especially in Game Six. I saw he had what fifteen points, I think, in Game Six, and Gabe Vincent had sixteen, something like that. So it was just really rough. Sh- yeah. Hats off to Embiid, though. He he. I yeah. Mean, he had a fractured skull, I'm pretty sure, and he still came back because his team needed him. Yeah. And he extended that game to Although, six games single-handedly. So I am mad at Embiid, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, yeah, Celtics-Bucks series has been amazing. Game five was one of the best NBA playoff games I've ever seen uh, in terms of all the incredible plays by both teams and then by the Bucks, Their awesome 13-point comeback. Drew Holiday – was the best defender on the floor going down the stretch of that game. And Marcus Smart made some terrible decisions. And uh, before you know it, the Celtics had blown the game and the Bucks were going to Milwaukee up 3-2. And then uh, Tatum was unreal in game six. And Giannis had a hell of a game too, but Tatum was just that much. 47 points. Yeah, I mean. Almost a 50-burger. You know, uh Giannis's teammates just didn't really help him out too much in game six and Tatum's did. And when that happens and you get game six Tatum and the Tatum that we've seen in some other games, 
it's going to be really hard to beat the Celtics. So, uh, yeah. But an interesting thing in this series is home teams just can't seem to catch a break as the away teams have pretty much won every single game in this series. Yeah, yeah. true. But it looks like that's going to change. Yeah, it looks like tonight, it, uh, it'll today, finally so. play tonight. Um, Suns and Mavs also play Game 7 tonight at 7 p.m. That's such a weird Game 7. Uh, <laughs> I like it, though. Uh, I think the Suns... Or the Suns are at home, and unless Luka goes nuclear, I think they're going to win. The Suns are. Uh, whatever happens, though, I'm looking forward to either of the possible conference finals matchups that could come out of that, whether it's Suns-Warriors or Mavs-Warriors. Suns-Warriors would be so much better, though. That would be so good. Yeah, I think it, it'll be harder for the Warriors to win if the Suns win. But oh, I'm yeah. also fine if Luka makes it there because if Luca can make it past the Suns, it'd be amazing. It would be incredible to see if he could somehow make it past the Warriors <laughs> too. So yeah. we'll see. But Jokic won MVP as well. Oh yeah, that was we were talking about that. Like when is the when are when are they gonna announce it? So they announced it Monday morning, I'm pretty sure. Just at a yeah it got really weird time. Woj announced it before the NBA formally announced it. So Shouts out to Woj. Uh, yeah, and then Jokic, back-to-back MVPs. So I think the last four MVPs have all been from overseas. I think Giannis won it two years in a row. And then Jokic won it two years Jokic in a row. Jokic won it two years in a row. So back-to-back, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. For if you our get, friends if you get, overseas. Yeah. That's kind of weird how the last four years there's only been two MVPs. Yeah. And none of them from the States. Exactly. So uh, that's actually good for the NBA. The fact that, you know, people around the world are making contributions to the game. So, yeah, NBA playoffs. To me, they've been really great. Marcus Smart just got hit in the nuts, it looks like. So that's a tough scene for him. But uh, they're going to run away with this game, it appears. But, yeah. That's the NBA. Yeah. That's where we stand. I mean, I I was on the train. Like, this is the Suns' year. They're clearly the best team in the West. They should go to the finals, and whatever team come, comes out of the East, it'll be a tough matchup, but they might be able to, to run away and finally get their title. I've switched. They haven't been – they haven't looked that good in, against the Mavericks. They didn't really look that good against the Pelicans either, but they were missing Devin Booker. I mean, they went to six games with a 10-game under 500 Pelicans team. Mm-hmm. And now they're in game seven with the Mavericks. And you get to face the Warriors next round. I am all on the train that this is the Miami Heat's here. Whatever because happens, I'll just say this. I think it's coming out of the East this year. Really? Yeah, I think it's coming out of Celtics the East. Celtics or Heat. I would, I would love that because the reason I said that, I know at the beginning of the playoffs I picked Celtics Suns, right? And I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened once again, but – I'm liking the Heat right now because they are playing really, really good basketball. And some of that basketball they've been playing has been without some of their big names. Like, you know, Bam Adebayo is out for a few games. Kyle Lowry. Fat-ass Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has not played that much at all in the playoffs. And they have just been winning and winning and winning against pretty solid teams. Mm -hmm. And that, that combination, when you have the whole team playing well, 
and you're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. I mean, for being a one seed, they are flying out under the radar tremendously. I mean, this game right now, Bucks and Celtics, people are like, oh, this is the finals. This is the finals. This is a huge matchup, which it is a huge matchup. But you're disrespecting the Heat when you say that. I mean, they got some really good players over there. They got great coaching. Best, I, think, I think the best coach left in the league. Yeah. And even though, you know, you you have the coach of the year on the Suns, but they also have something that none of these teams, because the Bucs are going to get eliminated here, that none of these teams left have, and that is finals experience. Just two years yeah. ago, they went to the finals and played LeBron. Yeah. One of the four times that LeBron's won in the finals is against this team. And they got a lot of heart, and they got a lot of talent on their team. And I just think I, I'm just loving them right now. I'm 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 full heat mode right now. I mean, I even I've even got the jersey on. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, I am. They got the six man of the year, Tyler Hero. That's the jersey I'm wearing right now, as well. The thing yeah. I love about the Heat is they play harder than any other team in the NBA. I mean, they just work like. And you can just see it on their faces, like P.J. Tucker, you know, he's old. And he looks so much older when he's playing because he's playing so dang hard. And, uh, you know, they he's just so play really hard. So every game for them feels like a closeout game when the Heat play. Like, obviously not atmosphere-wise, but they just, that's just how hard they're playing all the time. And because they really aren't the most talented team in the playoffs. No. But no, they play don't. like it. But also, just for Jimmy Butler to get a ring would be so cool. Yeah, very cool. Because he has, if you ever looked into a story, it's really, really cool. I've I've done a few presentations on his life because it's so cool. I have no idea what happened to the TV here, but just went black. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but his, I mean, what he had to overcome in his childhood and how he was not really recruited at all in his college career, and he just kind of like – went to the NBA and he wasn't that good at the beginning, but then he just something connected and he was a star, all that story. And the fact that if you watch him play, he plays so hard. He plays so hard for his team. And just to see him win a title would really, really be cool. Yeah. You know, that's like seeing a, uh, a Cooper cup win a title, win the finals and, you know, win the Super Bowl MVP. It was kind of like watching Giannis win the title last year. Yeah. Cause Giannis had, done just about everything else except win the title. So that's kind of how it was last year. But, yeah, I mean, there's that famous photo of uh, Jimmy, you know, after or during the playoff run against uh, the Lakers. Yeah, where he's just so dang tired. collapsed over yeah. the scores table or whatever because, yeah. I mean, he was literally playing 48 minutes every single game. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's my pick. I like him right now. I'm getting, I'm jumping on the heat train right now. Celtics are a really good team, though. Yeah, the Celtics just really match up well with them, which I think is kind of – that's where I think that could be a great series is because they just match up really oh, well. Yeah, that's so. going to be an intense series. But at the same time, like this – me saying that I'm jumping on the heat train right now is really cool because it's a win-win situation for me. If the heat win, boom. I was right. I'm on the heat train. If the Celtics win, that was my original pick at the beginning of the uh, playoffs. So I'm right no matter what. But I really am thinking that the Heat are going to win this now because 
for being a one seed. They might be the most underrated one seed of all time, you know, by the media or whatever. So, yeah. But if the war, another team that if they do win, the Warriors, they're that. that is, did the, the did the dynasty ever fall? Really? No, I mean two year break and they're back. I thought I saw you know something so crazy, and to me it was it was just wild to think about because the Warriors were hit rock bottom. I mean they literally got were able to draft James Wiseman, number two overall, which yeah. yes, not that good, but but that just shows you how bad they have been. They have reached the conference finals faster than Kevin Durant. <laughs> so that's just one thing that's just like this is just a hell of an organization, you know. And you know, it shows how much Clay Thompson and Draymond Green meant to the team and them being fully healthy and stuff like that, and Steph being good to go and the development of Jordan Poole and all that. So oh, it's incredible. It is really incredible. So yeah. So we're not Warriors fans by any stretch, nope. but you got to give credit where credit is due. So, yeah. And the Bucks have put in their scrubs, and it appears this game's over officially. So, yeah. Boston up 25. Hey, Stella. Stella trying to take a drink out of my water bottle. Um, I think we'll do tough scene of the week here yeah. real quick. And then a we little NFL lot. stuff actually happened, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, Luke, you want to kickstart tough scene of the week? Sure. I got it. I got two this week, so pretty packed, pretty packed tough scene segment here. Uh, my first one is the Miami dolphins. They posted a, uh, supposed highlight video from a practice of Tua Taga Tua turn the ball over. He was throwing a pass to Tyree kill. And it was like, the caption was like, Tua to Tyreek. And in the clip, Tua underthrows Tyreek by about five yards. And he kind of has to stop and like turn around and catch the ball. And it's just, it's funny that they posted it. They actually literally saw that video and were like, oh, yeah, the fans are going to really love to see this. You know, our quarterback underthrowing our best receiver by multiple yards. Yeah. <laughs> just tough scene. They, they, they did get roasted. I think this tweet is still up, though. Yeah, props to them for keeping it up. Yeah. No, that's kind of a tough scene, honestly, (laughs) that they still left it up because that means they're still proud of it. But, yeah, that's my first tough scene. Um, My first tough scene of the week, this took place on Monday, I believe. And I'll insert the clip here uh, so that everybody can listen to it. There's a ball hit toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops the ball! The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. Into second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. But Rick Manning, the Cleveland Guardians announcer, says, <laughs> Are you shitting me on air after the outfielder? I think his last the outfielder's last name was Sheets. Gavin Sheets, yep. yeah. Made an, a horrible error in the outfield. And uh yeah, so as the guy was announcing it, you know, the ball was getting back in, and he's just, are you shitting me? And <laughs> it was just so nonchalant, and they didn't say anything about it. And uh, they, they probably yeah. agreed with him. They're yeah. like, you know what? You, you actually get a pass because of how bad that play was. Yeah. So they just rolled on with the broadcast, but it was super funny. It's, it exploded on social media pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. 
I'm I'm not completely positive that he said it either, though. I think he just said, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, I, mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he said it because it did sound like it. But if you really listen to the clip, the second announcer, it, you could hear the "Are you?" and then right as soon as he was saying something, the the another other announcer said "Sheets." I don't so know. It could have been "Are you sheets?" and then it like "Kidding me?" and it should have and the sh would overcome the k sound and so it could have been like are you kidding me but the guy like at the same time was going gavin sheets you know yeah well you know you know what i mean <laughs> so i i dissected this clip i analyzed it with my advanced analytics system which is my ears and my eyeballs so you're that saying is what I heard. by your metrics he said kidding i it appeared that way to me all right. Well, the listeners all just heard it because we just we put it in the video in on the pod. But it so does. It, you can make your own decision for that. But with the first listen that you have, it does sound like he did say that. Yeah. But if you really dissect it and and listen to what I just said, you can understand how it would get twisted that he could possibly say that when he really would say "kidding me." But whatever it is, it's still funny because. It does sound like it, no matter what. But yeah, <laughs> it's end, still funny, and it is a tough scene. At the end of the day, I just want to believe that he said, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> I do too. And then just move on. But it's also a tough scene for the outfielder, though, that dropped that ball. Oh yeah, it was a bad a run scored on it too. It was a bad air. Um, my second one, and then we'll jump into your second one, is John Morant threatened to shoot somebody on Twitter <laughs> who was giving him shit about uh, a girl. Literally said something. I didn't understand this. He's, it was what he said. He said no, I, I understood about, the reference. I don't understand like where it came from, like why it was necessary. Or anything. Oh no, it was just he was just getting backlash pretty much, and he just decided to shoot a threat literally at this guy. Uh, something about emptying hollows in him, which just means shooting them. So that was uh, interesting, and it was deleted eventually. But somebody from the Grizzlies organization just needs to pull him aside and tell him to get off Twitter for a little bit because he's just been wild on Twitter. Injured jaw on Twitter is a different breed. Yeah, it is a bad version of jaw. Not oh, yeah. not in the comedy sense. In the comedy sense, it's a good jaw. But for his own well-being and uh, the well-being of the Grizzlies front office, not great. <laughs> so, yeah, tough scene indeed. Um, I have another tough scene. And it is, it actually just happened a few hours ago when, you know, before we recorded this. The Cincinnati Reds did the most Reds thing possible. They threw a no hitter and lost. <laughs> so in the seventh inning, I do believe, I will, I'll look it up here, but they threw eight innings of no hit baseball. Hunter Green, their young star uh, that throws like 100 consistently, 100 miles an hour consistently. He threw seven innings, 7.1, I should say, of no-hit baseball. Yeah, it was a combined no-hitter. Yes. But he didn't – after seven innings, he had 103 pitch, pitches or 106 maybe, and they put him back out there. But, you know, he walked a a good amount of people. I forget what it was. But it ultimately, he walked so many people that his pitch count got up to 118. They pulled him, and the other guy came and walked a few people. Walked in a run. In that inning, and 
didn't give up a hit though. Yeah, they got out of it after yeah. that. And the next inning, yep. So uh, leadoff walk was it? It appears here. Um, no. Yeah, basically, nope. Key Brian Hayes grounds into a force out second baseman. Okay, so he they tried to get a double play, but he beat it out at first. And so they tried to get an inning-inning double play with the bases loaded, but the guy, the batter, Key Brian Hayes, beat it out at first, and that's how the run scored. Yeah. Um, very tough scene for the Reds because, yeah, like I said, it's just the most Reds thing they can do. They've already had a problem winning games, and whenever you can't win a game when your pitchers throw a no-hitter, you suck. <laughs> yeah, you're a terrible team. And it's to the Pirates of all teams. Yeah, like, another bad team. Not like, like a good pitching team like the Brewers or the Dodgers, it's the Pirates. They don't have any pitching whatsoever. So, yeah, no, that's it, it deserves a tough scene for sure. Yeah. Um, my third one is the USFL Bandits have a turnover whip. <laughs> a turnover whip uh, which caused a instant stir on social media obviously because of slavery and whatnot. So basically the player, you know, when they get the turnover, they just get this giant whip and whip it towards the field of play. And it looks really cool, but some people just certainly uh, did not like it. Some funny memes came from it. They're the bandits. Bandits It makes, it's like a, it's not like a crazy out of context thing that they're doing. They're literally the bandits, but, uh, yeah, some people really didn't like that, and it deserved a tough scene for sure. Um, and then this is the one that I was alluding to earlier. Joel Embiid flopped around like a fish under the basket and ended Danny Green's career. Uh, Danny Green is like 35 or 36 years old, and he's going to have to have ACL surgery. And Joel Embiid just flops more than anybody else. And he just, uh, he's on the floor, the basketball floor, more than anybody else in the league. Oh, yeah. He can't control his body, and it's become a dangerous situation for his teammates. He lands on Danny Green's leg, and his career is, is, is it's honestly probably over because he's, he's old. He's falling off. He's and, old. Uh, he, it's a tough recovery process as you get older. Compared to when you're 20, you know, say like Jamison Williams trying to come back from it and whatnot. So yeah, uh, not happy with Embiid about that. Danny Green, a Carolina alumni, I've been watching him for years, loving him for years, and it sucks to see that's ha- probably how his career is going to end. He might be able to get back out there at some point, but it's doubtful. So Joel Embiid, I just you know. I know he's seven feet tall or whatever, but if he could just learn how to control his body a little bit, maybe he wouldn't get injured so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his body's made of glass already, and uh, I won't say he's a wuss because he plays through a lot of his injuries. Oh yeah, but uh, maybe just change your play style. John Morant's gonna have to do the same thing because he just like he yeah. drives in to the paint like almost every single play. Um, bangs bodies and yeah, Joel and beat. Yeah, this clip he was like trying to go around someone and it was a completely unnecessary fall that he made. He could have easily just landed on his feet, but Danny Green was standing under the basket trying to get an offensive rebound that just literally got his knee exploded because Joel Embiid, who weighs a lot because he's tall and he's a big man, yep, just really just blew out his knee. So 
yeah, tough yeah. scene for Danny Green and for the Sixers in general. Yeah. Well, that was tough scene of the week. Pretty some really tough scenes this week. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, There's a lot of them. Yeah. Quick NFL segment. Nice to actually see some NFL stuff going on. Um, the Saints had a decent week here. They get both the Honey Badger, Tyrant Matthew. They sign him and Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver. So they're both returning to their home state of Louisiana. Uh, this is perfect for Jameis, man. Uh, he is going to have Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Jarvis Landry to throw to. No big tight end or anything like that. Well, it's Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. So he should have this is his chance. plenty of weapons. Uh, if he can get the protection that he needs, you know, with LASIK surgery and all that, he should be good to go. Um, Jameis also had a funny sound bite during this week while being <laughs> interviewed. He said – Such a Jameis clip yeah, too. He goes, you know, since he's been little, he's like, my passion has always been – I've always realized that my passion is football. But since I got hurt, I actually realized that my passion was playing football. <laughs> and it was just an awesome, awesome sound bite and really funny Jameis moment. It's just so, it, when you think of a perfect Jameis clip, that's what that's I'll, what you think of. Yeah, that's yeah, it's perfect Jameis. Um, and then Earl Thomas was finally arrested this week, uh, two weeks after a warrant was put out for his arrest. So we'll see where that leads him. Probably worse charges now since he was because he had a warrant out for so long and he was resist, you know, not yeah. giving himself up or whatever. And then Jerry Judy's charges are being dropped by the same lady who filed them against yeah, him. Yeah, that was a weird situation. For the uh, domestic violence, tampering situation or whatever. That was just an odd situation. Like yeah, it was weird. Said. I mean, it just happened out of nowhere. And then for a second, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's career is probably over. And then it's nothing. Turns out that she was just trying to scare him by filing the report or filing, and you know, the charges. And that did do something too because he's going to be pinned to this for the rest of his career. You know, even though he maybe didn't do it, you know, guys like Ben Roethlisberger who were, you know, their his charges were dropped as well. He still had that pinned to him the rest of his career by, you know, people. Yeah. Well. And this was something a little different. It's not like he punched the scroll or anything like that, but yeah, it was just a what he left the he, he left, left the, the kid in the car without baby food or something. Yeah, uh, he left a baby formula and something else in the car that they needed and they couldn't get to it or something like that. Yeah, he locked his car or so like yeah. intention, he intentionally did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he did it, so it's a little different in the sense of other situations, but we yeah, yeah just the charges were dropped, and it happened pretty fast. Like for a second, he's like, "Oh, this guy's career is over," and then he's back. Um, the NFL schedule was also released, so uh, lots of sweet matchups. Like uh, one off the top of my head, Mike McCarthy returning to Green Bay, returning to Green Bay. Uh, the NFL also completely uh, cocked the NBA during oh, Christmas. Yep, uh, they have what the Packers and. The Dolphins on Christmas Day. Yep, and then they have They're, the uh, no, they have the Broncos and the Rams on Christmas Day. I think that sounds right. And then they also have 
the Cardinals and the Buccaneers on Christmas Day. So those are five out of six cities that like have teams in the NBA playoffs. That are really good. Yep. That the NBA probably would have put on Christmas Day. NFL is taking over. I mean, the last few years, what was it two years ago when they had the Saints and Vikings on Christmas Day? It was that Friday, and Kamara scored like six touchdowns. Yeah, that was an and awesome then game. Last year they had two games on Christmas Day, and it's like okay, they're they're just kind of you know slowly getting into this. Christmas is on a Sunday this year, though, isn't it? Oh, I think if it it's is. on a Sunday, then that's perfectly valid. And in fact, I'm surprised. Then what are they going to do? If it's on a Sunday, then everybody should be playing. You would think. They usually just go. Maybe they're – maybe got Saturday games. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make more sense. That, they maybe. That. Christmas Eve games. They would do that. Um, personally, I love Christmas football games. One of my favorite Steelers moments was when Antonio Brown reached across the goal line on the little slant play against the Ravens to give us a win on Christmas. That was one of my favorite plays ever. Um, the NFC Beast has the easiest schedule across the board. They literally have 29th, 30th, 31st, and 32nd easiest schedules. So uh, there's that. Rams have the toughest schedule, which is good to see. Uh, that way the Rams and Kroenke have a pretty hard season and hopefully won't have as high of a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. So what they're doing is they have a Thursday night game, which is Jaguars and Jets. <laughs> That'll be a doozy. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games on Christmas Eve, which is a Saturday. Okay. And then they have three games on that Sunday. So yeah. interesting so. scheduling there. Another thing to note about the the schedule though is that it kicks off September eighth, Thursday night. Bills Rams. Brilliant first house in Brilliant. LA. Perfect first game. Uh, it's going to be electric. Yeah, I can't wait. Also, during the, you know those Christmas games, that's also peak bowl season. So, uh, if I was college football, I would not put a football game on that night. For once, you know, give a uh, no bowl game on Christmas Eve. That's what I would do if I were them. Yep, because the NFL is taking over that night. Um, an interesting move that also took place this week, which it's something little, but I thought it would be interesting to note it down is that the Raiders traded Brian Edwards, a wide receiver to the Falcons for a fifth rounder next year. So whoever the th is throwing the ball down in Atlanta this year gets another Marcus solid Mariota. addition. Uh, whether it's Mary, it's probably gonna be Marriott at the beginning and then it could be Ritter down the line. I thought he was quite good on the Raiders, Brian Edwards, that is, especially this year. But I guess they thought maybe they don't need him anymore since they have Devontae Adams. Uh, they're kind of like the same build in terms of body type. So maybe you don't need two of them. And then Malik Willis and Tannehill are on the right track in terms of friendship. He, uh, Tannehill invited all the rookies over to his house the other day. So that kind of puts that to bed a little bit. Yeah, good to see as well. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he is supposed to mentor him, but also Tannehill's fighting for his job as well. So, yeah, true. So, yeah, Ooh. that's pretty much our show. I do have, I have a say hello. Okay. So, 
I think I mentioned one to you at the beginning that you could possibly use, but I don't think we did it. I figured what it was anyway. So I I have one say hello. I don't have a kiss of goodbye. It's just because I can think of one. But J. Cole, it's just kind of a fun sound. It has nothing to do with sports. I saw us on Twitter the other day that oh, J. Yeah. Cole showed up to this one person's graduation. Uh, the story is like nine years ago, it was July of 2013. He Facebook messaged. They were Facebook messaging this J. Cole and a fan, I guess I would assume. And he said that he would be at this this person's college graduation, but only if they got into a four-year university. Uh-huh. And I forget what university it was, but it was – let's say it was Florida University, maybe Florida State. I think it was – well, Florida State. I might pop it on the screen, so it'll be up there. Okay. And, yeah, it was that university and a big university. And sure enough, nine years after he sent a Facebook message, said that he would do it, showed up to this person's graduation. So very classy move by him. He's one of the one of my favorite rappers out there. And he's just he's a classy guy just all around. And uh, tall know. as shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's so tall. Yeah. But his frame looks so big because of his hair. Like the way you know how his how his hair is. That's why he's so good at basketball. Yeah, he played. Didn't he play in the African League or something like that a few years ago? Yeah, I think he did. Kind of reminds me of Cole Anthony, J. Cole. Yeah, Cole Anthony. in the looks. Yeah. So Jermaine Cole and Cole Anthony, but yeah, this was just a, a cool thing. I thought I should note. I saw that and it was yeah, it was yeah. really cool that he kept his promise and probably made that fans. You know, the fan probably never thought that he would actually do it, and then he did. So. Really yeah. cool. Um, mine is say hello to a crazy Arkansas summer. Oh. Uh, first off, this was I think this was last night or two nights ago. Uh, Friday night. Friday night. Arkansas uh, Vanderbilt. That's the Arkansas Vanderbilt baseball game at Arkansas. So in Fayetteville, in the stands, a guy just picks up a raccoon and then removes it from the stadium. But he just like picks it up and just holds it, you know, in the air, kind of like Simba a little bit, and then just takes it away. <laughs> well, he was like flinging it around yeah. too, like in the, well, the raccoons going crazy. Yeah. So, and then in that little video, like of when he's picked it up in the background of the video, there's this guy just completely falling over a chair. So well, there's there's a guy like goes and he like does like a 360 and he like turns it around and the, guy and the guy's just walking. He's walking like down the aisle, and then all of a sudden he sees a raccoon just flying at his face. So he just like hits the floor, you know, like military style, drops down. It was pretty funny. Yeah, but it was it was really funny to see. And then this happened today. Uh, I can't remember the town. I think it's called like Kings Highland or something like that, Kingsland, Arkansas. There was a water tower, and it had a person painted on the water tower. And somebody shot the water tower in where, like, the painted person was on the water tower in their groin area. So it just made the painted person's groin area on the water tower look like he was just peeing. (laughs) So that water tower is just leaking right now, uh, unless they've fixed it probably by now. But it looked funny. So, yeah, crazy Arkansas stories are here as we kick off summer. I'm sure there will be plenty more. We love Arkansas, though. They're yeah. our neighbors. So <laughs> I would say I love them, but I do. I have nothing. I have no problem with them. 
Mm. There's some pretty wild people there in Arkansas. Not a Razorback but... guy. So true. All right. All right. Yeah, that's pretty much our show. Another, I guess, shorter episode, but kind of a little slow right now. Yeah. We don't have none of our teams are really playing besides I mean the Blues are playing, but we're not super big hockey guys, so yeah. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be on the heat train. Heat culture, hashtag heat culture. Um oh one thing I do want to mention. I'm gonna try and get blocked by Jalen Rose. Yeah. Literally right after the show, I'm gonna tweet what is it? 81, yeah. just the number 81. Luke didn't know about the fact that if you just go on Twitter at Jalen Rosen type 81, that he'll block you. So Luke's going to go ahead and do that here in a second. Yeah, I'm going to see how long – I'm going to time him, see how long it takes him to block <laughs> me. So that would be pretty cool. I've never been blocked by a uh, celebrity before, just by a, you know some weird obsessed Twitter accounts. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've never been blocked by a celebrity before. So, yeah, hopefully I can get my first one here, Jalen Rose. The first person to ever be named Jalen, according to Jalen. So, yeah. <laughs> so, interesting tidbit there that will happen. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week for next week's show. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.